welcome to Koshian Cast, the podcast where we pretend that we don't like ballroom dancing, but actually <laughs> we do. My name is Matt, and joining me today is a very special guest, Matt. Hi! Hey, how are you? I'm doing okay. How about yourself, buddy? Uh, I am as well as I ever am. You know, I think my favorite thing about today, if I were to pick one, uh, would be that the summer anime season is over. <laughs> um, good riddance. It is week 12 of the summer anime season, and we will cover everything that aired from se- September 12th to September 23rd in the world of sports anime. Um, do you have a question of the week for us, Matt? I do. Uh, this one is from Matt K. from Indiana. Uh-huh. Is he uh, you? It is me, yes. Okay, good. <clears throat> So, uh, my question of the week, uh, it's a little similar to one I've asked before, but I think it's a little different. Is there anything you want to, is there any sports anime that you want to see animated? Like, this is different from the whole, uh, like, what sport? Yeah, this is just like, is there any particular series, like, anything you want to see continued, anything that you Uh, want to keep see animated, stuff like that? Okay, well, the obvious answer is Chihaya Furu, right? Right. Um, so... I think it's just yeah. Any what are my what are my favorite ones that haven't been finished? So, I guess if I was to list a couple of these, I mean, I'll, I'll list three and then okay. um, in no particular order. I think Chihaya Furu, Ace of the Diamond, and Fighting Spirit. Oh, Matt, I th- I know you forgot one. Oh, okay. What was uh, it? Uh, I would say Baby Steps myself. Oh. Yeah, I mean, like that's up there. I it, it could if if I was to pick three though, I think I'd stick with the ones I said. Uh, let me just tell you something real quick, Matt. I have I have read past the point of where the anime uh, the anime finally ended up. For which show? Oh, for uh, Fighting Spirit. Sorry, for Hajime no Ippo. For people who are sticklers for the Japanese name, uh-huh. uh, I have read past the point where the anime covered. Honestly, the anime kind of ended in the best possible place. Um, the rest of the series is not great animated. Uh, or, like, the, the rest of the series is not terribly interesting, unfortunately. It goes a very long time with it, well, just sort of going through the motions. Um, oh, okay. So, well, uh, yeah. You're wrong, though, so I don't care. I, I get it, though. It's one of those <laughs> series that, you know, it's very near and dear to our hearts because it was kind of what got us both into it. So I under- also understand wanting to see it, you know, keep going. Okay, well, so, what's your answer? Uh, I mine's kind of weird. I want to see Ice Shield twenty one redone, even though <laughs> I know it would never happen. Because yeah. so the manga is one of my all time favorite manga. Basically, uh, the anime is just like I have tried watching the anime so many times, and I can't do it. Like they don't get the pacing. The animation is just terrible. Like, it was kind of made at, like, sort of... It was kind of made at a time when sports shonen were kind of, like, written to so that they had to be made week to week. As opposed to now where they're a little bit more willing to de- to go just have, like, second seasons or, you know, just sort yeah. of split up the development. And, uh-huh. gosh, like, Ice Shield 21 would just be so much better with, like, in today's format. Hmm. Um, when was it I- made? Uh, that was made, I want to say, like, mid-2000s. I know the original manga came out, like, early 2000s. I don't know 
quite when I like I know the manga ended I want to say around 2009-2010. Hmm. Um but the anime only went for a couple years before it got canceled because I mean, spoiler alert, it wasn't very good. Hmm. Cool. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, following that awkward pause, uh, because <laughs> I have nothing else to say, uh, do you want to dive into uh, Welcome to the Ballroom? I do, yes. So, this was actually an interesting episode. This was episode 12. Uh, this episode covered uh, Tadara's or Fujita's first day at high school. He announces to his class that he really likes ballroom dancing. Some girl in his class makes fun of him. Uh, he discovers that he's actually in the... He's going to the same high school as Gaju. And the two have sort of developed a fast friendship. I mean, because of their shared experience. Uh, then Fujita is invited to Sengoku's uh, main... To, to, like, his next competition. Uh... And he goes to watch Sengoku dance with his... He meets his partner there, uh, Hongo. Uh, and basically, Sengoku is, is effectively just sort of showing off to uh, Fujita. You know, everybody's kind of talking about how Sengoku's kind of on the downswing. But uh, Sengoku still manages to pull off an amazing victory. At the very end of the episode, the girl who made fun of Fujita... Uh, for, you know, announcing that he liked dancing, uh, he discovers her actually at the dance hall. Yep. Yeah, so, um, I, I'm really surprised to say this, a surprisingly, I, I don't want to say strong episode, considering, you know, what we're coming from, yeah. but I, it was an okay episode, I would it was, say. It was way more watchable than it's been recently. Right. Um, yeah. I think a lot of that is due to the fact that, like, the Tenpei Cup took 15 years to finish. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like that. It was only five episodes, but it feels like it took forever without, like, any substantial content. Yeah, I agree. It was really drawn out, and I think I just got tired of watching people quote-unquote dancing but mostly just like moving quickly and then posing with a close-up on their face and being yeah. informed of how well they were dancing without having any reason to believe it yeah yeah like it was just all it's like oh well you really stand out like drive the point home yeah i think the funniest part because i wasn't i didn't discuss this with you last week i think the funniest part of episode 11 last week's was that they had sequences where they showed, like, the audience clapping along. Right. Uh, but it didn't match the music that was being played. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, like, what possible rationale do they have not to match the clapping of hands to the music being played? Like, how right. much more detached from what's going on do you want the viewers Right, feel? well, because they wanted to have their big epic moment there at the very end. Yeah. We're bringing this up, though, because this episode had a surprising twist, which was all of Sengoku's dancing was done to the music that he was supposed to be dancing to. Yeah, exactly. What a fresh surprise. And it's like, like and it worked! Yeah. Like, like Obviously. I love... <laughs> like, I really like the scene where, like, Sengoku spots Fujita in the crowd, and, you know, it just has the, it has the music going in the background... And Sengoku just sweeps by Fujita. There's kind of this knowing, like, yeah, I see you there, and I know I, you didn't want... I. It's like, I didn't want you here, but you're here, but you're here now, so I'm going to show off for you. 
Mm-hmm. Basically, it goes entirely unsaid. It doesn't break a, a single moment, like, you know, any of the other episodes have done, but it works so much more effectively. Exactly, and they don't draw the dance out. You know, the dance takes maybe five minutes, and right. then uh, that's it. And he wins the competition, the competition's over. You know, we don't need five episodes just to see Sengoku do well. It could be like that with everybody. You know, you don't... Not everything needs to last indefinitely because... I mean, especially when the conclusion is so such a letdown. Right. Uh, like, like it was um, with the Tenpei Cup. Um, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I would like to tell myself that it's taking a fresh turn. On some level, it can't... For what this show is, it can't really do much worse. Right. It, um, like it has nowhere else to go but up from here on out. Yeah, um, at least in terms of the dancing. It did still afford some cringy content. Right, of course. Do, do you uh, do you know what I'm referring to? Are you talking about the fact? Are you talking about the fact when the uh, Sengoku and Hongo were kind of hitting each other? Uh, no, because that was dumb but forgettable. Right. I'm talking about the first conversation that Gaju and Fujita had. Oh, I had forgotten about that. About yeah. his comment about like, oh, Mako's boot. Mako's wearing a bra now. Like, yeah. Did you do this? And then they get to talk about, like, his sister's breast size yeah, for a minute. I had forgotten about that. Yeah, you'd probably blacked it <laughs> out because it's weird and gross. Uh, yeah, but you're not wrong. The show cannot get by without, like, fixating on these high school girls' breast size whenever possible. Yeah. Um, it's, uh... It's not, it's not my favorite thing. No, it's not. I, what I will say, though, at the very least, I was glad to see Shizuku take on a different role than what we were expecting. Yeah, thank goodness, right? Like, this was, like, I don't follow the manga at all, so maybe people who have been following the manga have been like, oh, well, they, we finally got to this point. It's like, oh, you guys don't know what you're talking about when you're talking about how Shizuku's gonna become his partner. Like yeah. how, she, But it's like, everything the series was doing to, was, like, setting her up to become... Mm-hmm. Fujita's partner, and I'm so glad that they, like, moved away from that. Like, yeah, there was is... a lot of damsel in distress stuff. But no, she's actually going to become his rival. Yeah. She's gonna keep dancing with Hyoto, and they've become sort of, they become, like, they, like, she, like, they've done a little twist of the, uh, of the formula, she's become the hot-blooded rival. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Like, this is the first time the series has actually subverted my expectations and any way whatsoever. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so what do you think the if if you had to guess before we move on, what's the story with his classmate? Oh, I don't know. She she probably likes dance, but she's probably had it ingrained in her by some family member or some like close friend that dancing was lame. And so, like, she probably has some sort of tragic backstory where she had somebody who did dance, and then, but they hurt themselves, and, you know, they had to give up on their dreams. Yeah, because um, she's clearly, like, a Sengoku fangirl. Yeah, exactly. Like, she clearly, like, is totally into dancing, but, you know, she's, like, she calls Fujita lame for being into, uh, for being into dancing himself, so... Yeah, I, so, do you think this is gonna be interesting, or take, like, three episodes and suck? <sighs> Those are the I, only two options. 
I think there is potential for it to be interesting. Like, honestly, I would just like it for her to be, like, a giant Son Goku fangirl. Like, that's literally the only thing. She just likes Son Goku. He, she thinks he's hot. And, yeah. you know, that just sort of serves as an in. You know, Tatara's desperate for a partner. And she's like, hey, look, I dance at the studio that Son Goku's at. You want to come? Like, I really need a partner. And she's like, oh, okay, sure. Uh, but I, I think what's gonna happen is that he's gonna have to teach her a little lesson about what it means to dance. Oh, boy. <laughs> Student becomes a teacher. Oh, boy. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I actually th kind of like that twist for Fujita's character. I, He's been a bit too much of a wallflower. He's been really... You know, it, it's kind of the point of the story. He, you know, he's kind of meant to be uncharismatic, but you can kind of have an uncharismatic character and still make him likable, and he's just sort of bland and uninteresting. So, yeah, bland and uninteresting. Speaking of which, how about <laughs> Dive Episode 12? You know, I wanted more to say, I had more I kind of wanted to say, but you know what, it's not interesting. That was a fine transition, let's go. <laughs> okay. Alright, so the final episode of Dive uh, starts off where it left off with Yoichi, who looked like he was going to maybe injure himself. Well, he didn't, but he did have a bad dive, and then as soon as he got out of the pool, he fainted. Uh, turns out that Yoichi has a fever, and uh, the only remedy is Asaki staying in Japan forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they all gather around his bed and uh, direct personal attacks at her and blame her for ruining their lives by leaving. And then she says it was a hilarious misunderstanding and she just wants to help Okitsu, and then they're all happy, and they all... Dive their best ever, uh, and uh, Tomo wins the competition off screen and goes to the Olympics or whatever. And Pinky and Yuichi become synchronized diving partners because they're so hilarious. And the end. <laughs> oh, what an ending, man! Yeah, what an ending. Yeah, it sure was something. Like, literally, the primary dramatic tension of this episode, I joke about it, but, like, the primary dramatic tension of this episode was them realizing that, oh, of course Reiji misunderstood that conversation in English he heard part of one time, <laughs> made a dramatic conclusion that she was going to move to America, and then she just, like, looked confusedly. She's like, um, I don't want to move to America. I was... <laughs> Just trying to help Okitsu uh, see a doctor there. Like, Why didn't you ask me? You know, right? Like, but of course, that's what gets me is that all of this could have been avoided for Yoichi if he had just talked to her. Yeah, exactly. Like, all it would have ta ta taken was, "Hey, Asaki, Coach Asaki, are you leaving? No. Okay, you're gonna go help out Okitsu." Or, you know, even, like, Asaki, why didn't you just mention to Okitsu, hey, after this competition, I want, you know, we're gonna go take, I want to take you to America to see this doctor I've heard about. Yeah, like, like it, yeah, it, it was funny from her side, too, that she kept it a complete secret. Uh, and then as soon as they asked about it, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna send Okitsu to America. And he's like, what? <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna throw the responsibility on her for this. I mean, they all th they all just made this wild assumption. Yeah. Like, yeah, they should have just asked her. But it's like, but yeah. not only that, it didn't even matter because Yoichi was fine afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, like, yeah, also, it was, it was hilarious to me that he was incapacitated in a bed, and then as soon as he found out that his precious coach Asaki wasn't leaving Japan, he's like, oh, I'm good now. 
Um, yeah, no, we're good. I mean, he did have a little bit of a struggle. I yeah, guess, he still had but... he still had a struggle, but like literally, that was the thing that was really haunting him. That was keeping him in bed was that what's the point of doing anything if Coach Asaki leaves? Like, when did I don't know. I, I, I must have missed the point at which she became foundational to their very lives. Like, I get what... I mean, to, to an extent, I do kind of under... Like, I get it for Tomo, actually. Yeah. yeah. To a lesser extent, I kind of get it to for Akitsu. But yeah, like, Yoichi, those two have not... Like, I know she's been training him on the super special dive, but, like, I don't under... Like... We didn't see any of that, basically. Yeah. Like, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But it was just like, man, all of this, te- like, this, all this dramatic tension. Also, I totally misunderstood that, like, the beginning of this episode, because I didn't realize that Yoichi had already made the dive. I thought that they had, like, backed off of it, effectively. Like, because I remember that last episode ending with Yoichi, like, that sort of dramatic, oh, he's, like, really sick on the diving board. Yeah. Like, he's gonna pass out. But, like... And then this episode began with him just on the ground. It's like, wait, when did he dive? Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, um, <laughs> It was... Yeah, it was weird. I think... It, I don't know. It threw me a little bit that they kept hyping up Tomo doing the four and a half. And they never showed it. Yeah. Like, all they showed was him jumping off and then they did a flash forward, which I get... Why you would do that so that, like, you're not sure who won. But why not show his dive and then flash forward? Like, at least give us something. Because they've been talking about this elite dive that only he can do. And he's going to break through to the next level. And they're, and then they just skip it. And they're like, oh, yeah, he did it. It was, it was good. Um, <laughs> like, it's are they that too. cheap that they can't animate it and well, just want to trust you? Well, because it's funny. Because they did a great job. Because they did, like... Very meticulous animation for Okitsu in Yoichi's dog. Exactly. Exactly. And all I can... Like, you know, I, I try not to comment on this too much anymore, but it does kind of feel like, yeah, we're going to do it for the hot guys because they're the ones that everybody cares about. Eh, main character, whatever, who cares? Like, nobody actually cares about this character, you know? no, Nobody's really into Tomo that much. We got to animate... Like Okitsu and Yoichi because they're the popular ones. Or they're as far as be... as far as I can tell, nobody cares about this show, regardless. Well, yeah, okay, fair <laughs> enough. I'm just saying that like they're the ones who are more likely to be the popular dudes, especially with how much they've been kind of put like all the little undertones with Okitsu and Yoichi that they've been yeah having. So I I don't know. Like it kind of feels like yeah, they're just not even gonna bother with. Uh, like Tomo, eh, whatever. Who cares about him? No, let's let's look at uh, Okitsu and uh, Yoichi. You know they're gonna be the real stars of the show. No, I get it. I I do think it's funny that like the conclusion for Yoichi is that he just gets to go to the Olympics anyway, as long as he's a synchronized dr- diver, which is something he's never done with someone he's never done it with. So and- why are you sending them to the Olympics? Isn't there anyone else in Japan who does synchronized diving? Not only that, but where did syn- synchronized diving even come from? Yeah, well, yeah, show? exactly. Was that even in play? <laughs> you know? Like nobody has ever mentioned this before as like another option. Exactly. And- like, was it that easy? That oh no, I didn't make it. Well, I'll just do synchronized for the first time ever in the Olympics. 
Okay, that's like, fine. Was that ever, like, a stipulation with, like, MDC as well? Like, you know, all they said that they had to have a diver go to the Olympics. You know, they, like, why didn't, why wasn't anybody training for synchronized diving before this? Like, like yeah. I never realized that was in play. It wasn't. It was a total afterthought where they needed to give Yoichi something to do. Right. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a it was a letdown. This this show could this have been show. could have been good, and it chose to be fine. Kind of like I don't know. This ending honestly has kind of put it like a little below fine for me. It's very I don't know. It's I'd put it at mediocre myself. Yeah, I I, I think I I'd give it a little better. I'd call it medium ochre. Oh. <laughs> Well, if you want to talk to, about something that was above ochre, would you like to talk about <laughs> Fastest Finger first? Sure. Sure. <laughs> I'd love to. Alright, so, uh, Fastest Finger first, episode 12, the last episode. It kicks off with the question about the three dates and trying to decide what day of the week those three dates all occurred on. Koshiyama figured out that um, the May 15th incident had to happen on a Sunday because the wife of the Prime Minister was at a wedding. Um, and uh, Mikiura got it too because math, and Akira got it because uh, he kind of cheated. Um, <laughs> then Akira just drops out of the round and says that because he cheated, he's, like, um, I guess, compromised on his own principles. And so he stops and then has a meaningful conversation with his president which i guess we care about and then he goes back in and watches to the end um by the final question mikira and uh koshiyama are tied 19 to 19 last question refers to uh christ's crucifixion but it's not clear exactly what it's asking for um koshiyama guesses that they're talking about the last road that christ walked on it's actually supposed to be the garden of gethsemane mikira guesses it and wins the round um so even though akira watches all this he still pretends not to care but then his club invites him back and he realizes that people care about him for the first time very exciting um koshiyama and mikiura uh, declare that they're going to be rivals again when they go to nationals, uh, and Sasajima easily wins the meet. Right. So, um, I thought this was at least a pretty solid ending to an alright show. Yeah, exactly. That's the best way to describe it. It was roundly fine and enjoyable enough. Like, this last arc was good, right. uh, but not great. Yeah, kind of. Um, I, I will say this. Uh, you were kind of uh, a little... It sounded like you were a little confused about like what Akira's uh, arc was yeah. during this. So I, I think when Akira was talking about how he compromised on his principles, essentially, you know, like that's why he left. I don't think that's really what he was getting at. I think the problem was like... He, he, like, I think in his own weird way, he sort of saw Koshiyama as a strangely kindred spirit. Like, not quite, but, you know, it's like, you know, this was something that Koshiyama was really passionate about. And he really, like, maybe not even kindred spirit is the right word, but he, he saw something that he wanted to crush in Koshiyama. Mm. Like, you know, because he wanted to, like, because, you know, he threw his point, you know, he used all of the points that he gained from, uh from the uh from you know his own victory 
in that round that, you know, he put, he used them all, he didn't take, keep any for himself, he just used them to take down Mikiura so that Koshiyama would be in the lead. Mm-hmm. And when he saw that uh, Koshiyama didn't really have a reaction to that, that's when Akira was like, alright, you know what, I'm done here. Like, because all of Akira's character has been built around, uh, you know, getting a reaction out of people. Like, he right. likes getting in their heads, and he's realizing at this point, okay, this isn't working, you know what, I'm done. And he, I kind of got the sense that he was using the whole, like, well, you know, like, you know, I, I went back on, you know, it's like, I broke my own principles for this. Like, that's what I did. And it's like, eh, I don't really think that's what it was. Like, I think that was him trying to try, attempting to save a little bit of face while also putting, well, also painting himself as being, you know, the sort of tortured soul. Yeah. Like, that's, like, that's legitimate. Pro- yeah. Uh, and I actually kind of liked that, to be honest. Like, I actually kind of liked uh, his strategy. I thought it was actually pretty clever. And I like that the series also sort of, like, addressed, like, okay, that's pretty scummy, but, you know, that's actually kind of a fairly creative idea. Like, yeah. the fact that, like, because the way he cheated was um, the character for Sunday or, like, the initial character for Sunday is looks very similar to the initial character for Monday, so he fudged his handwriting, and then when yeah. it was time to show, he uh, he just said it was the proper day, essentially. Right. So he didn't actually know what day it was, but he saw, like, okay, I had this increased my chances from 1 in 7 to 2 in 7. Yeah, it's like when you take a multiple choice test and you don't know if the answer is B or D, and so then you write, like, a B that looks like a D. Yeah, exactly. And you kind of hope that the teacher's going to, like, overlook it and just be like, yeah, 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 they got it right, whatever. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, I kind of liked that strategy. I actually thought that was way more interesting than, uh, I, than Koshiyama's approach, honestly. Though I thought Koshiyama's was fine, too. It fit with his character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just feel like there was... Clearly, the, this show is assuming it's going to get a sequel, right? Which is surprising, because there was so much that went unsaid, like so much of what's actually interesting about the fact story, particularly with Fukami and Sasajima, was really left unsaid. And right. I th- at this point, I think both of them are a lot more interesting than. And Koshiyama is one of the least interesting characters. Yeah, that's true too. Um, and I'd really like to see a lot more about the other folks, but right. um, yeah, no, they're assuming they're going to get to show the Nationals arc. Yeah, hopefully, is... hopefully they do. I'd, I'd yeah. be down. Like, it's kind of one of those shows where it's like, if they don't animate it, you know, I'm going to be disappointed, but, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, no, man, that stinks. Like, like ah, it's so unjust. But, it, you know, at the same time, it's like, eh, you know, if it goes back up, I'm, I'd be perfectly fine with watching it. I'm like, I'm not going to be disappointed if that's the case. Like, it's not something like Days where I'm just dreading, like, I'm just dreading when we finally get that announcement. Yeah. You know another show that I would dread a sequel of? <laughs> What's that, Matt? Clean Freak Aoyama-kun. Yeah, okay, let's talk about episode 12. Okay, so this episode is largely about Zizen. His mother is apparently in a faraway place where he cannot contact her. Uh, everybody naturally assumes this means that she's dead. Uh, they're also going up against uh, Kurashi High, or Kuraishi High, my bad. Uh, where they have a impeccable defense, uh, since Zizen's whole specialty is in head is headers. He can't seem to compete against their defense because they are even bigger than he is. 
but Aoyama effectively teaches Zaizen to suck it up, and he does, and he scores one goal, uh, and then Aoyama scores the remaining goals, which allow them to catch up, and then as it turns out, uh, Zaizen's mother was alive all along, she was just hiding out in, uh, Africa for five years, because why not? Yeah. And then, end of the episode, we also find out that Aoyama is not going to be leaving the team, because that was a sticking plot point at the beginning of the episode, because uh, their high school's uniforms are white, and they're nice and clean. End of series. Yeah. Yeah, so there, there are really two big conflicts in this episode. Everyone's afraid that this match is going to be Aoyama's last, because they've seen some people from, like the National Soccer Federation or whatever, talking to him. Um, and so they rightly assume that they're trying to recruit him to go to a different school or to go to a youth club or something. Right. Um, and so they're convinced he's going to leave after this match. Uh, and then, yeah, like you said, Zaizen, eh, for whatever reason, they see him at a grave and they assume it's his mother's because they've never seen his mother and he, like, always looks for his mother. And so they assume, oh, it's the anniversary of when his mom died. But yeah, both are resolved at the end as being hilarious misunderstandings. His mom just lost track of time in Africa for five just, years. Like, what a terrible mother! I'm sorry, but... Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's completely absurd. And then as soon as she finally watches her son play soccer and literally sees him for the first time in five years, she catches a helicopter to fly to Brazil. Why? Because... She sure is wacky and international. And I think this is the... This is, like, the core issue with the series. Is that it can't really decide... It doesn't know how to do drama or comedy. Like, yeah, exactly. Because most of the episode is pretty dramatic and focused on Zaizen's inner turmoil or whatever. Right. About, like, Mom, why would you Why would you have to go? Like, I, I needed you most and yada yada yada. And it's like, it turns out she's just wacky. You know? Yeah, and it's like, and I get that they're trying to play it off as like, you know, this was a hilarious gag all along. But it's like, but you played the rest of this episode so straight that this, mm -hmm. like, what if I was actually, like, if I was actually invested, invested in Zizen, I'd be furious almost. Like, this would not, or, it's like, this is not a relief for me. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> one, once again, it hints at the possibility of character development and then chooses to do nothing. Um... Same with, same with Aoyama. Like, you're like, okay, maybe we're going to find out the reasons for anything in his life. Right. But we don't. All we find out is that he sure loves being clean, and he wants to stay at Fujimi because the jerseys are white, and he likes clean white clothes. Yeah. That's that it. Yeah, that's that's end of series. Like literally, that's the end of the series. Like, th like that is the big punchline at the end of the series. Yeah, Aoyama he... likes to be clean. Get it? Because <laughs> he's a clean freak. Like, what is the series, dude? I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, like, I I don't like. I don't even have anything left to say about it at this point. Like. The gags, like, this wasn't a funny gag to end on. Like, you, if you want to have this type of, like, dramatic comedy, you need to really sell it. Like, you need, like, you need to stick to drama and never once acknowledge how goofy this is. That's the way that 
a gag series like this works. Like, you know, we've, yeah. we've referenced this in the past. Like, haven't you heard I'm Sakamoto? Or something like Prison School. Like, where the gag is how ridiculously serious everybody is taking this. But the fact that they keep acknowledging everything as a wacky joke... Mm-hmm. It's it's like it feels like it's like ribbing me in the gut. It's like, huh, get it, get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I do, and I also do know that we don't have to talk about it ever again, except for <laughs> except the, for the review, review episode that we <laughs> do have to talk about it. Um, but the the last the last show, of course, that we're discussing is Big Wind Up. Um, right. it's a Big Wind Up episode twenty four. Uh, it's finally the end. It's the bottom of the ninth against Tosei. All Mahashi has to do is get three outs, and then they'll win. Um, ultimately, he uh, gives up a bunt uh, to the first batter. The batter gets on first. He steals second. Mahashi's able to get some strikeouts with his fastball, but he doesn't really trust his fastball because he's still kind of traumatized by how often his fastball got hit in junior high, and right. he, do- he doesn't trust it as much as Abe does. Um, ultimately, Tosei is able to get runners on first and third with only one out, um, but Abe continues to ask for the fastball because he thinks the movement will be unpredictable. Um, so with runners on first and third with one out, he uh, is able to induce a pop-up to center field, uh, they manage to make a diving catch and so get to get the, the first out, but then the runner on third tags up and he's sprinting for home. Hanai is able to uh, catch the ball, which is tossed him, and he throws the runner out at home for the final out. And with that, Nishiura wins. Um, so they manage to, you know, have a huge upset. Um, Tosei, they're all basically crying in the locker room. They're completely unable to comprehend the fact that they lost to this uh, young team but ultimately uh, Kazuki who is Tosei's captain and the catcher uh, he sort of mans up and he takes their thousand paper cranes and he gives it to Nishiura and says that you know like hey we're here to support you guys now you know we want to see you guys make us look good Uh, so even though they get defeated they're gracious in defeat Um, Mahashi passes out and uh, has to get taken home, whereas everyone else goes back to school to study uh, the match and prepare for their next game. <laughs> Pretty much. So this, I, this was a really strong conclusion, partially because what what I really admire about this, it's so difficult to pull off, ha- like having your main team win against, like, the strongest team in the league, like, from the beginning of the series. It, like, there are series that do it, and they are not good. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so hard to do it, because you have to... Because, like, so much of the fun of watching a sports anime is watching your underdogs, uh, you know, sort of overachieve. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they manage to overcome, like, these incredible feats. You know, and when you have them beat the very, the strongest team right from the get-go, there's nowhere else left to go. Right. But I, it's like, I really love the confidence here, because you're never really quite sure if they won by dumb luck, or if it was their own ability. And it was a combination of both. Yeah, I mean, so much of the, them winning was being underestimated. 
Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, Tose played the first half of the game not believing that Nishira could possibly be any good. Right. Exactly. Like, Nishira effectively benefited from the fact, like, because they built up such a strong lead from the beginning of the game. Like, that was pretty much the only way that they had, like, that was the only way they could win. Not only that, but they also lucked out a couple of times with Mihashi somehow miraculously pulling off, like, like, for example, they didn't have to sacrifice a run early on because Mihashi just miraculously managed to grab the ball. Stuff like that. Right. Like, pretty much everything worked in their favor. Yeah. So, there still is this element of doubt, like, okay, they did beat, like, the strongest team. Are they going to be able to beat anybody else, though? Like, because now everybody's going to be watching them. Yeah, they made it pretty clear that, you know, it, it's not for it's not really apparent that Nishira is actually better than Tosei. Right. So exactly. if they if they play another team, it's not they didn't necessarily advance because they're a better team than Tose. They're probably not as a whole team, um, but they managed like they're one in a thousand chance they managed to pull it off. So I like that because you do still believe that they're underdogs. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like the series somehow managed to effectively make the have them win against the best team, while still believing that they still have somewhere to go. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's really, like, I mean, that's so difficult to pull off. Yeah. Um, one other thing I really liked, what I really loved about this final conclusion uh, to the game was that Mihashi was not terribly instrumental in it. Like, the entire series has been, like, you don't really, like, you kind of realize that as you're watching it that everything that's getting done is largely due to Mihashi. Mm -hmm. Um, like, you know, he was largely, he, you know, he was very instrumental in, like, a lot of the runs they scored. Like, a lot of the major plays that they pulled off were due to Mihashi's quick thinking. Uh, at the very end, though, like, you know, the pressure's getting to him, and he's like, man, I, it's like, he was having flashbacks of Mihashi there. Or like, you know, of Mihoshi. his old academy. Mihoshi, my bad. Sorry, easy to mix <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, you know, he was having flashbacks, you know, it was, like, the exact same sort of situation where, like, his fastballs weren't working. But, you know, he realizes right then how different the situation is because this is a team that actually supports him. Yeah. And this is a team that managed to actually pull their own weight, like, at the very end. Because, like, the dude gets a clean hit. Like, that was something that they made, like, they probably shouldn't have been, like, it almost felt unreal that they were even able to get that first out. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, the yeah. first out was a strikeout. Oh, sorry, I mean the second out, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it went that, that first out in the double Of play, that play, yeah, okay. I gotcha, yeah. And it's like, man, like, Mihashi had almost nothing to do with that, essentially. Like, he actually had to just put his full... It's like, he realized that he was breaking at that point, and... But he realized at that moment, it's like, okay, it's time for me just to let go and let the rest of the team handle that. And that's a very satisfying conclusion to his character arc. Yeah, no, I agree. It was it was good because yeah he he really never got to the point where he was confident in himself. He right. was still going through a lot of the self destructive self loathing language internally at the end. Right. So it's not like he's become a fundamentally different person, but the rest of the team sort of pulled him up. So right. yeah, no, it was good. Um, the I think the the la the last comment I want to make about uh, this game is that it made me laugh. When the backup catcher for Tose asked for Tajima's email, 
uh, and Tajima gave it to him, and the backup catcher from Tose said, okay, I'll shoot you an email, and Tajima said, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he left, he was like, who was that guy? <laughs> <laughs> just, Tajima just basically not realizing what a star he actually is. Yeah, he was very confused as to why anyone would want to email him, but uh, <laughs> he just sort of goes along with it. True enough. All right. Well, Matt, happy end of summer season. Um, I think next week we'll probably be doing our preview for the fall. We've got a little bit of an interval between the summer and fall season. So we'll be doing our preview of what's to come. And uh, we'll maybe have some, some reviews coming out shortly for the three shows that wrapped up. Cool. All right. I'll talk to you later. Later. Our logo design is by James Ratcliffe. The theme music is Fly High by Burnout Syndromes, covered and performed by Luke Bartka. You can follow Koshiencast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and our email is koshiencast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll be back next week with the best and worst from the world of sports anime, and until then, keep training.